We certainly have had uh, stunning days, haven't we, recently, along with spectacular, cloudless, starry nights. And the other evening, I plopped down on the ground and, and looked up skyward, and the potency of the, of the stars against the black vastness really took my, my breath away, and I hope you all will spend some time outside in the days ahead. And when I was uh, looking up at the stars the other night, thoughts that you all have too, I'm sure, thoughts such as infinite, extraordinary, too difficult to comprehend, awe-inspiring, and oh, how small and tiny and insignificant I am, all came to mind. And as I gazed at the visible stars, it struck me that to even notice such a sight, I had to look away from myself, and I had to look outward. Well, this idea of looking outward and looking away from myself caught my attention because I had just recently experienced the opposite when I witnessed thousands of people not looking outward at all. Now, fundamentally, I believe that we as human beings, most of us do the best we can. We all have joys and struggles, successes and challenges. Not one of us is immune from the good and bad in life. We all have pressures and demands. And all this is important for me to say because what I'm about to say is not a criticism of people, nor a criticism of me, but rather just an observation I continue to have. Last weekend, my wife, Virginia, and I traveled in order to see our daughter who's in school in Tennessee, and we spent time both in airports and on planes. And often when in such places, I observe and just love to watch people. They're kind of a trip, aren't they? But what struck me this trip, and in fact has struck me for sometimes traveling, is how dark airplanes are these days. And planes are not dark because it's night outside. Planes are often dark because people are looking at their cell phones or their iPads, and light can make it difficult to see screens, so most people pull the window shades down. Ride on a plane these days, and it's, a, it's an experience of strangers flying along in darkness. Not looking outward at the person next to them, or at the ground below. Now, not looking outward on my recent trip seemed to start at an airport terminal itself. It was a big airport, and masses of people were standing in line at ticketing desks, not interacting with one another, but rather looking down at their phones. And when I was being helped by a ticketing agent, I asked her, so how are you today? And she looked up at me and smiled and said, no one ever asks me that. I'm certainly not patting myself on the back because I ignore people around me just as much as we all do now and then. The point of this is not to pat myself on the back for that one occasion, but the point, rather, is perhaps to note that her experience with the public was a direct response to the fact that so many of us at times are not looking outward, but rather inward. And when we're not looking outward, we not only miss so much of what is right around us, but I'd say we increase the likelihood that we won't have the impact on other people that we really want to be having as followers of Jesus. And when we're not looking outward, we become, me too, like people sitting on a quiet, dark plane, 
flying across the sky. Nobody paying any attention to the other. And as I think about it, our walk with Jesus is, in fact, all about turning our attention away from ourselves and to look outward, not inward. And Jesus was the master of looking out at people all around him all the time. Now, our reading today is from the first letter to Timothy. In the first letter to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy, which follows in a letter to Titus, which are all adjacent in the New Testament, all known as the pastorals. And they get into great issues. Church leadership, how to do things, how not to do things, the centrality of Christ, what it means to have an organized community of faith, etc., etc., etc. But our reading today is from the first letter of these pastorals. And in it, Paul covers all kinds of subjects, each in which could be three-part sermon series in and of themselves. I invite all of us to pay very close attention to what Paul writes about money and assets, particularly all of us here today who are so extraordinarily well-off compared to 99.9% of this planet. He has great things for us all to pay attention to. He also speaks a lot about contentment, great words of wisdom, to be content with clothes and food and nothing more. He also gets into focusing rather on getting rich that we are to choose instead to focus on Jesus, to focus on a relationship with God, to focus on being set apart for God, to focus on our faith in God, to focus on love, to focus on enduring through challenges of life with other people that are followers of Christ. And in the midst of this part of this letter, Paul says something that strikes me every time I see it. Paul says something very powerful. In essence, Paul says, be gentle. It's so easy to pass over those words in this reading. Paul says, pursue gentleness. Be gentle. Carry gentleness with you. May your essence be one of gentleness in the world. And as I think back to the ticket agent at the airport, the one I asked how her day was going, clearly she was not having the best time, and I have to wonder in part if what she was experiencing was a lack of gentleness in that busy scene. And as I think about where we are now in the world, as I think about where we are now in our country, I continue to think that perhaps one thing that we really need a lot of with each other, and perhaps one thing that we really need within ourselves, are continual doses of gentleness. I see a lack of gentleness not only toward other people, but I see a lot of people not being gentle with themselves. Gentleness, I believe, is a real game changer, not only with regard to our relationships with others, but again, it is of vital importance that we think about gentleness when it comes to our relationship with ourselves. Are we gentle with ourselves? Gentleness is all over the Bible. And it's clear that the closer we are with God, 
the master of gentleness, the more gentle we will become with others and ourselves. Here's some other things Paul wrote. He wrote in a letter to the people of Galatia. He said, if we live by the Holy Spirit, if we live by the presence of God, if we are led by the presence of God, if we know we belong to Christ, when we belong to Christ and we know it, we will encounter and live by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, and And in a letter to the people of Ephesus, Paul wrote, I beg you. It's important not to skip over that phrase. I beg you as followers of Jesus, live the life you have been given by God with humility and gentleness. And then in a letter written to the Colossian people, we find Paul writes, God chose you. And so clothe yourselves, put put on the attire, the attire that everybody will see and experience of you. Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, patience, and gentle. There it is again. And so for a moment or two, let's just look at what gentleness is and what gentleness is not and how we might think about becoming more gentle with others and ourselves. One great definition of gentleness I found is gentleness is a sensitivity of disposition and kindness of behavior founded on strength and prompted by love. In other words, gentleness is a characteristic way of being and acting out in the world and towards ourselves that comes from strength and motivated by love. Gentleness is a character trait that reflects strength, not weakness that comes from love, not self-centeredness. And one great preacher wrote this, in our rough and rugged individualism, we think of gentleness as weakness, being soft and virtually spineless. Not so. Gentleness includes such enviable qualities of having strength under control, being calm and peaceful when surrounded by a heated atmosphere, emitting a soothing effect on those who may be angry or otherwise beside themselves, and possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. Maybe those that produce CNN and Fox need to listen to that definition across all political persuasions. Tough issues don't preclude gentleness. And in describing gentleness, one person writes, gentleness diffuses conflict, disarms critics, is persuasive, communicates love, flows from humility and putting others first, earn respects and makes us more like Jesus. Should not that not be the way we are in every setting, in every way, in every experience in our lives? And as we define gentleness, it's helpful to look at the opposite. The opposite is being quick-tempered, engaging in blame and scapegoating, taking out frustrations in all kinds of ways, criticizing and degrading others and ourselves, aggression, violence, being impressed with one's self-importance, egocentrism, and hostility, among other things. I've exhibited some of those things. And if we want to go to the source of gentleness, we need to look at God, for God's very nature is not only loving, but gentle. It's all over the place. 
In the book of the prophet Isaiah, they're known as one of the servant songs, probably speaking about the, Isaiah, about the Messiah, we think, probably speaking about the whole country of Israel, definitely speaking about the ways we should think about being. And in the first servant song, we find, take a good look at my servant. I could not be more pleased with him. He will set everything right. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches. He won't brush aside the bruised and hurt. He won't disregard the small and the insignificant. Just the opposite, in fact. This Messiah that is referred to here, this direction for us who follow this Messiah is a reminder for all of us to be about the other person instead of ourselves, to be outward-looking, not inward-looking. Jesus was feisty, for sure. He challenged the self-righteous, for sure. He got angry about injustice, for sure. But he was gentle. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. Here Jesus defines his very nature as one of being gentle. Jesus was gentle. Here are just some other examples. And as we look at these stories, we need to remember the definition of gentleness I shared earlier. Gentleness is a sensitivity of disposition, being sensitive to what's going on around. Kindness founded on strength and love. One day, Jesus was in the city of Jericho. You know this story. A massive crowd surrounded Jesus. There was a little short guy named Zacchaeus. He couldn't see Jesus, so he climbed up a tree. And when Jesus walked by, he noticed a short little guy standing in the tree. He stopped. He said, I'm having dinner with you tonight. Kindness. Sensitivity. This guy named Zacchaeus. Jesus was being kind based on strength prompted by love and care for this guy in the tree same goes for the time jesus was moved with pity when he saw a leper and jesus stopped and healed him it was certainly sensitivity and kindness that led jesus to heal the person with a withered hand the paralyzed man on a mat bring back from death jairus's little girl Jesus was sensitive and kind when he responded to the woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well whose life had been a mess and when children were around. Jesus was kind and sensitive when he fed thousands of hungry people and when people who were maimed and blind and mute were brought to him. Jesus was kind and sensitive when he appeared to Mary Magdalene and said, here I am, knowing that she thought he was dead. Story after story after story reflect the core of Jesus' gentleness, sensitivity, and strength based on love. Anyway, I have a long way to go with being gentle. I have a long way to go with being gentle with myself. I'm my best own critic. Do any of you ever experience that? But regardless, you and I can journey toward becoming gentle toward others and to ourselves. Remember these things. First and foremost, God is gentle. God's nature is one of gentleness. And just like we reflect the people we spend time with, the more time we spend with God, intentionally with God, 
taking time out with God. The more time we spend with God, the more and more we will move toward becoming gentle, reflecting His character. God will rub off on us. And when we're not feeling gentle, it doesn't mean we should be hard on ourselves. You idiot, Robert. Why aren't you being gentle? It means that we should take it as a signal that we need to spend some time with our gentle Savior. To be gentle, I believe, is to acknowledge, accept, and get in touch with the fact, as I mentioned earlier, that everybody, I believe, generally does the best they can, and every human being has mighty challenges. We all have hurts, upsets, unresolved issues, strains, worries, pressures, and stressors. And when we remember this, including when we're at an airport with tens of thousands of people, when we remember this, We'll remember that great phrase that someone once said, be gentle and kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. And to be gentle, we need to be willing to be in touch with our own emotions, all of them, the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful. You see, when we're connected with ourselves emotionally, the less likely we're going to be reactive to things around us. Gentle comes from being grounded with who we are emotionally and when we're willing to get in touch with our emotional life and learn to be expressive with others and with God we learn to become more empathic to gentle to be gentle and you've heard me talk about this before means to pay attention to the space between a stimulus and our response to it now I'm tall and I bang my head a lot and I'm not going to share what I say but I will say there's not much time or not much difference, distance between banging my head and my response to it. But I sometimes forget that we are in charge of that space between when something happens and when we respond to it. We're in charge of that space. Nobody else is. And when we take our lives as managers of that space, as being holy space, sacred space, then when something happens to us from another person, that space between how we react and what has happened to us is sacred, holy space that we can manage with the help of Christ. We can choose how to manage that space and to use it as an opportunity to be gentle. I know that many of us Struggle with being gentle with ourselves, but this is so important. Maybe gentleness starts with learning to be gentle with ourselves. To feel ourselves embracing ourselves as God embraces us. To know that we are loved and cherished in God's magnificent creations, each and every one of us. And so I invite us all to think about God's invitation to each of us to learn to be gentle with ourselves just as God is. And finally, remember I spoke about being in a busy airport terminal and subsequently sitting on a dark plane with most folks not looking outward at all. With this in mind, I think the other takeaway today is to remember that if we want to really be the presence of Christ, if we want to be gentle, we've got to shift our focus outward. When you're in a dark plane next time, open up the screen and say, Yeehaw! You guys are beautiful. 
to wrap up, times before I've mentioned that I love being out on water, water of all kinds, lakes and rivers and vast oceans, they're all great. And over the years I've done a lot of boating, it's fabulous, and one thing I enjoy as much as anything else about being on a boat is watching the wake it leaves behind. I don't know what it is about wakes, but they're one of life's great pleasures to me. Small wakes, medium wakes, big wakes from big ships, they all bring me great delight. And maybe I like wakes so much because I realize that you and I are like boats on the water. You see, whether or not we know it, whether or not we intend to do so, Wherever we are, whatever setting we are in, whatever setting we are in, we're continually leaving wakes behind us. And just like a boat leaves a trace on water, you and I leave a trace, just a trace, on every single person we come across. So the question is, what kind of wake what kind of trace will we choose to leave on people today? What kind of wake, what kind of trace will we choose to leave upon ourselves? Gentle? And so let's close in prayer this morning and take a few quiet moments with God to explore where we are with gentleness, being gentle with others, being gentle with ourselves. And let's ask God to help each of us in our life journey to be outwardly focused so we will learn to see what God sees happening all around us. And let us pray in some silence.